Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John O'Mary, and um, it's a quiet, actually a quiet evening here, here at the house. Well, I can't say it's really a quiet evening. Uh, most of my family is uh, upstairs. The wife and the kids are upstairs, and all three of my dogs upstairs. All I have is just a cat downstairs along with me, so it's kind of a quiet time downstairs. Watch a little bit, watch a little bit of uh, TV. Um... Not much is going on. I've had the day off. I had a chance to kick back, relax. Well, just a couple of household chores. Um, uh, actually, I ordered a uh, went out, ordered pizza for the, for the family. Just kick back, relax. They had a had a nice day to kick back, relax, and um, you know enjoy enjoy myself. I mean, it's um, it's always good to have one of those days where you can kick back, relax, and have a nice old time. And I have I have to worry about work. Unfortunately, as the old saying goes, all good things must come to an end as I will head back to um, work tomorrow on a, on a uh, Sunday. Unfortunately, where I work at, Sunday is usually the busiest, busiest day of the week. Uh, as I do start with most of my podcasts, for those who join me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And as always, stay. Please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers, whomever you need to invite, please invite them. Invite them on in. As as I've always said before, we're fam- all family here. We're all friends. We uh, talk nothing but nothing but football. We'll, we'll we'll get into a few things, some signings. Um, if not this episode, we'll talk about something interesting in next episode. Uh, as far as this episode goes, we'll we'll talk about a signing at the Buffalo Bills did just here a few days ago. That's kind of an interesting signing, but we'll we'll uh, we'll discuss it. We'll talk about a trade that was done by the Cleveland. Browns and New York Jets, so the Jets signed a, a particular player. We'll get into that discussion. Uh, we'll also we'll talk about Pro Day and a gentleman that may very well be the first round pick of this year's draft. We'll talk about that, and then to the very last subject, we'll t- we'll kind of touch up on a um, on some sad news for one from one particular for one particular uh, player. We'll touch up on that, and um, but um. And again, for those who, who move from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. As I say, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers. Whoever you need to invite, please, by all means, invite me to come on in. I slide seven forward. I'll say again, we're all family. We're all family and friends here. Um, uh, if you got any questions for me whatsoever, please reach out to me on Facebook or hit me up on um, on Spotify. One of the two spots you can hit me up on Um Whatever the question is, I'll do the best I ever can. I'll do the best I can to answer your question. I will certainly set aside any time whatsoever, if any of my episodes to um, answer your questions as best I can. Um, doesn't matter what it is, coach, uh, coordinator hirings, uh, draft. Uh, hopefully, hopefully here soon. I'm not going to say when soon, but hopefully we'll talk about the NFL draft more. And I'll everybody like it, like I've always joked around. People do the draft it seems like about 300.0 on the draft but we will not do that maybe i'll give you maybe i'll give you a john murray maybe 2.0 maybe i'll give you one draft switch around and then we'll change it around again maybe at another time i'm not much into the i kind of have you know you know all these these time all these all these uh, nfl experts whether you're espn or you're um from nfl network or yahoo sports a lot of people have different you know Everybody wants to do a, you know, so many different mock drafts. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I may give you just one, maybe two, depending on how how things um, how things really go. Um, and if you don't do not listen to me here on Spotify, 
excuse me, on Anchor, let me apologize. You can listen to me on Anchor, on Spotify, Our Radio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just some uh, platforms that I'm on. If you um, want to, if you, like I said, uh, certainly doesn't matter what you're doing. doesn't matter if you got a day off from work like I did today or uh, you're out and about running errands. Whatever the case might be, please, by all means, uh, you know, listen, you know, listen, listen to the podcast, you know, give me your takes. What do you think, what subject would you like me to bring up? Um, what do you think I could do maybe a little bit better? I mean, again, um, again, I'm saying everybody's got an opinion. Um, everybody's got an opinion on, you know, on many different subjects. Again, I'm saying we talk football. We're not religious. We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about politics. It's not my thing, not my forte. Football is what I love to talk about, and that's why I've done this podcast, and that's why I've done a little over 200 episodes now. Hopefully, at one point in time, we'll reach a 300 plateau at some point in time. That might be a ways off, but hopefully one of these days we'll get to that Get to that point. Um, like I said, the um, all season's in full swing. Um, as of today, there was a, a thing out a couple of hours ago where the Seattle Seahawks have signed linebacker Bobby Wagner. If you haven't heard that, that has been that has been that's out. He has re-signed with the uh, Seattle for one-year deal, which is a nice pickup for Seattle. Um, we won't talk about him pretty much in this episode. We'll probably talk about him in maybe in a couple episodes. We'll talk about that signing and how what it means to the Seattle Seahawks moving forward as Wagner goes back home after being with the Rams for a year. Um, Trying to think of anything else I can really uh, touch up, touch up on, uh, touch up on. Um, uh, the only thing else I can bring up is I want to thank. Uh, I've had a couple of businesses that are, that are new businesses that are following me, and I want to you know thank them for doing so. Just like little small local businesses here in the uh, U.S. of A. And I want to thank them for following me. And um, and like I said before, I want you to hopefully you'll get a chance to get out there and um, talk to you know and uh, tell your you know clientele your customers that hey about this podcast and um you know i've i've had some uh you know small time you know some small time musicians small time entertainers reached out to me i follow them they follow me and hopefully they can tell their family and friends about about the podcast as well so it's kind of the you help me i help you type of thing type of thing um I think that's enough. I think we've, you know, I think we've talked enough. Let's let's jump to what we here to talk about. And that is football itself, and let's talk about the uh, Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills made an uh, interesting signing here recently. And that is former uh, New England Patriots uh, running back Damian Damian Harris. Damian Harris signed a few days ago by the um, New England Patriots. Now the um, the Buffalo Bills. They have, um, of course, they let Devin Singletary. He, they've let him go. Devin has signed with the Houston Texans. Devin will probably more than likely back up one Damian Pierce, or he could split some carries with Damian Pierce. I don't know what the plan is for Devin in in Houston, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing if you have like Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary and some veteran receivers you've added to your roster, that's all to protect the young quarterback, whoever they get, whoever if it's. C.J. Stroud or Damian Pierce, not Damian Pierce, but um, Bryce Young. It all depends on how you want to perceive what quarterback is going where. Um, 
again. So the, the Buffalo Bills have grabbed Damien Pierce from New England. Now, Damien in the past has had some pretty good games against the Buffalo Bills. He's had a nice little career against Buffalo, and maybe and Buffalo figures, hey, if we can't, if we can't beat this guy, let's have him join us. I guess that, that's got the figure of speech. Now, Damien, Damien has had a pretty decent career with the Patriots. Now, again, Damien's had a history of being injured or being injured prone. Um, last year, he was injured prone. Stevenson took his his job, and, he, and Stevenson ran, ran away with it. And Damien, I guess, never had a chance to really get back on the field that much because Stevenson really took his job. Now, two years ago, Dam, Damien Harris, when he was healthy, he ran for 15, he had 15 touchdowns. So it's not that Damien Harris doesn't have the doesn't have the you know the tools the tools to do so. Now, Damien is probably a better in between in between the tackles than Devin Singletary. I think Devin might have maybe a little bit better breakaway speed. Uh, I think Devin is more of known to catch and pass out of backfield than Damien Harris. But it's interesting to note uh, you have to wonder will it be Damien Harris. Will it be James Cook being the start being the starter? Right now, I would guess Damien just because of the experience. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe James Cook wants him starting. James Cook is, is an explosive weapon, but Damien's the type of guy that you would have him start. Maybe try to wear down the defenses, and then you bring in a guy like James Cook who can be explosive. I'm not saying again. They've got Hines who they picked up from the Colts late in a late late uh, in a trade last season, but he'll be more likely to be a third down third down back. So with that being said, it becomes kind of it becomes kind of uh, interesting as to what will be expected from Damian Harris. Now it's not to say that it's not to say that Buffalo may not draft a running back. I'm sure that, that possibility still sits out there, but for right now, Damian is going to be the Starting is going to be the I, I would guess he'd be the starting running back. Now, I might give James Cook the you can give James Cook an edge because he knows the system. But again, the bottom line is Damon's going to be asked to do a lot more. He's going to be asked to come in to pretty much take the pressure off of Josh Allen. Because to be honest with you, the Buffalo's running game has been an issue the last few yeah the last few seasons. Let's be honest with you, it's been kind of Josh Allen or bust, right? And, I mean, Josh has done a fairly decent job the last two years. But now I think it's time to take the pressure off of, of Josh out. Now, whether I think Damian Harris is the answer to that question, I, you know, that's, I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really have a legitimate answer to that question. I think Damian is a nice piece to the puzzle, but I don't think he's the guy that you rely on to carry the ball maybe you know, 20, 25 times a game if you need to. Can, Damian get, can he get 10 or 15 carries out of Damian Harris? Yes, you can get 10 or 15 carries out of Damian Harris. And James Cook, heck, James, can, you can get probably about 7, 8, 9 carries out of James Cook. You can get probably almost 10 carries out of James Cook. He has the potential of being, of being that guy. At least getting that nine carries out of him. He can actually receive out of the backfield. So again, but again, with Buffalo's biggest problem would be is that number two receiver. And again, they have not gone into the draft to add that. They have not reach out the free agency, I should say, and go get that number two receiver. Because as of right now, you still got Diggs and Davis. Are your top, yeah, are your top two guys. So we'll, yes, I'm interested to see if, and for example, maybe 
Yeah, maybe there's a possibility that a guy like Odell Beckham goes to Buffalo. You can ask maybe a healthy Beckham with Diggs to go along with Gabe Davis. Maybe you have something if you're, if, if you're Buffalo. Now, again, you still got Dawson Knox, who's kind of the very, who's an underrated tight end. You got a decent offensive line. Buffalo's defense has taken a little bit of a hit, a little bit of hit this all, a little bit of hit this all season as far as uh, you know free agency. Now, hopefully, Von Miller can come back, can come back. But again, Buffalo again, there's no denying Buffalo still has a chance to win the East. Now, again, make an argument that Miami has done more this off season because you added one Jalen Ramsey. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big factor. Now, again. I'm interested to see maybe right now Buffalo could take the lead. Maybe Buffalo finishes second. That still leaves in New England and the and the Jets kind of bringing up the rear. But for Damian Harris, like I said before, you know I'm sure the pay, the yeah the Buffalo has seen has seen Damian enough in the past to know where Damian's a good player. Damian's had success against Buffalo, and this is like I said, if you can't beat them, join them type of thing. And again. Damon, like I said, is a, is a, is a underrated, is a very underrated player. A couple of years ago, he proved he proved that he could be a very good running back in this league. But David's history of injuries become a problem. Now, they drafted James Cook last year. James Cook struggled at first, but towards the end of the season, James Cook became a pretty good asset for Buffalo. Can he continue on that on that road? Now, Cook has had success. At the University of Georgia, Buffalo took a chance on him, figuring that he can continue to be, to be explosive. Yes, Cook can be an explosive player in this league, but you have to you have to wonder now. Bring in Damian Harrison. I'm sure James Cook thought he would be the legitimate number one running back, but they reached out and got Harris. But again, to me, Harris is probably the number one guy because he's an in between tackle type of guy, and he's a guy that can probably break if you go carry him from the five yards out. Damian Harris will be that guy, not James Cook. But again, I have to wonder, Harris, Cook, and of course, of course, you got Hines. I have to wonder, now, Hines did a pretty good job in the return game. Now, yes, he's still a third down running back for this team, but I have to wonder if he will be used more so in the return game than he is a third down running back. Because you have to remember, Cooks, Cooks is a pretty, Cook is a pretty decent receiver out of the backfield. And to me, I think he's going to get more opportunities in that role this coming year than he did last year. And I think Hines will wind up being the kicker returner or punt returner. I think he may wind up being doing more return roles. Uh, late in the year, he um, he, once he he broke one for a touch broke one for a touchdown late in the year, and I think that could be an asset that he could be used for the Buffalo. Not saying he won't get some carries, not saying he won't catch pass out of the backfield, but maybe. That is his role. That will be his defined role, and it could be the Harrison Cook show, as far as the running game goes. Now, is it is it is it an upgrade? Is it is Harrison upgrade over Singletary? The only reason he can be slightly upgraded is Harris is a better in between tackler than Singletary. That's that might be the only the only part that I might give Harrison edge over Singletary. But how much is an upgrade? Is it? I don't think it's a a huge, huge upgrade, but I think Harris Harris is the guy that'll get those tough yardage that the Buffalo Bills are looking for. Instead of relying on Josh Allen getting those one or two yards, try to keep him as healthy as much as possible. That's where Damian Harris comes in because because Buffalo probably figuring we can we can 
trust Damian Harris to get through those. Maybe it's third and two instead of throwing a football. Let's drop back. Let's hand the ball off to Damian Harris, and he can get those two, those, those tough yardage instead of having to rely on Josh Allen to scramble around and get those two yards or do some quarterback draw or something like that. And I think, I mean, again, I, I'm not in the Buffalo Brass's head, but I'm guessing that's kind of what this deal is about. Now, again, I'm not saying that Buffalo will not go to the draft and maybe have a running back in mind. I mean, I, did, I, I don't discount that. I think the bottom line, they'll probably lean towards trying to get a second receiver more so than that running back. Now, again, unless unless for some, unless they signed a, an Odell Beckham, unless they go ahead and find somebody else that, that they can bring in and be that number two receiver because it seems like they don't have that much confidence in Gabe Davis to be that number two receiver. I think they think Gabe would be a good number three receiver, but not a number two. And and we'll see, you know, again, you have to wonder what Stephon Diggs thinks of this move of getting Damian Harris. Because, again, Diggs had bashed him for, for uh, getting blown up by the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. And, uh, and again, this is this went on for, for several weeks. Even after the Super Bowl, this is still, go, this is still going on. Now, you have to wonder deep down inside, is Stephon Diggs still – ticked off. I, I'm, I, I'm assuming he still is. Maybe he's calmed down a little bit, but I'm sure he's still ticked off that the Buffalo Bills had a, a nice opportunity here to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Maybe even win the Super Bowl. And for, Buffalo, for the Buffalo Bills faithful and their fans, it's probably something that is long overdue. You gotta remember, it was at one point in time Buffalo went to four straight Super Bowls and unfortunately lost all four. But again, and again, you know, Buffalo, again, there's a great thing. A 30 for 30 had a great special on them a few years a few years back because they talked to guys like the Jim Kellys, to the Thurman Thomases, to the Bruce Smiths of the world, Daryl Talley, I believe Steve Tasker, Frank Reich was, I think they, they talked, I think those were some of the guys, even Scott Norwood, the kicker, who missed that unfortunate field goal against the New York, against the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. Again, they talked to a lot of different people. It was a great 30 for 30 special. Again, it's hard for any team to go to one Super Bowl, two Super Bowls in a row, but to go to four Super Bowls in a row, that's hard to do in this day and age. And Buffalo should be applauded for that. Granted, I'm sure they, I'm sure Buffalo probably wish they would have won at least one of them. They probably should have won one, maybe two. They probably should have won the first. They should have won maybe the first two against, yeah, now. Against Dallas, that might be a different story both times, but they had a chance to beat Washington, and they certainly had a chance to beat the Giants. But they didn't do, they did, you know, honestly, they didn't, didn't get the job done. And again, for Buffalo Fable, they figure, you know, they figure, you know, Josh Allen, he's like Jim Kelly to them. The running game, well, I'm sure they probably wish they had a Thurman Thomas. You know, Stephon Diggs, he's the Andre Reid of this team. Yeah, I mean, defensively, Vaughn Miller, Vaughn Miller is what, the modern day Bruce Smith, maybe something like that. I don't know, but again, again for Buffalo, this I mean for Buffalo, Buffalo has been quiet this all season. They've re-signed the linebacker Milano. They actually got Jordan Pryor back, which was which was a tremendous deal for them. And they went out and they signed Damian Harris. Buffalo hasn't done the Buffalo and like I said, Buffalo Bills last season, last all season. Went out and got Vaughn Miller to help out to help pick up the pass rush. And Vaughn, 
lived up to his billing until, unfortunately, he got hurt. But again, the defense, there's still talent on defense, and there's certainly still talent on the offensive side of the ball. The biggest thing is for Buffalo right now is a better running game and a number two receiver. Heck, if they get that, Buffalo could probably be back on track to win the, the AFC East again. But again, right now, people are looking at Miami, maybe with the moves they made this all season, they're the team to actually beat the AFC East. But again, it all depends on Tua's health. And that's what it boils down to. And again, I would still trust Josh Allen at this stage more than I would Tua. But again, Tua had a good year last year. Concussions kind of ruined all the work was other than a, a good year for him. And with, you know, but again, of course, they signed a new backup quarterback. They went out and signed Mike White away from the Jets to be, you know, to be to a, to be to his backup. Now, again, Mike White had his, you know, had some games last year with Jets where he played played well in the backup role. But again, again, it gets interesting. You, you go from the Jets, Mike White goes from the Jets to maybe have a chance to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waller. Wow, that's probably a tremendous upgrade there but again hopefully we do not hopefully the Miami fans Mike White will not even touch the field this year because they want to uh, certainly when he was given the weapons and the opportunities he he stepped into the plate and did his job but again you know with the Jets is Aaron Rodgers coming is he not coming what's going on with that and again I guess you can never you can never count out Bill Belichick and the Patriots but overall but overall you, you have to sit back and you've got to say to yourself, did Buffalo do enough this offseason? And I'm sure, like I said, the offseason is not quite over with yet. You can still sign players. Um, and again, I'm interested. I don't know. There's not many, you know, do they go ahead and get an Odell Beckham? Do they, you know, bring some, do they bring another, can they bring some other receivers in and sign them? It's, it's going to be interesting to see what Buffalo, Buffalo does. But for right now, Damian Harris is the, um, Barney Damian Harris, Damian is probably better in between the tackle, tackle, tackle than Devin Singletary is. But is it an, is it overall is it an up, upgrade? I don't know. The biggest thing with Damian Harris is injuries. Can't stay for a full seventeen games. Now, if he can do so, I mean, if he can do so, I wouldn't discount Damian getting 10, 11 touchdowns. I think he's healthy for full seventeen games. He has the capability of doing so. But again, health. Can he stay healthy? And is Damien an upgrade that much of an upgrade of Devin, Devin Singletary? Now, if Ada went out, my thing is, the biggest thing is I'm kind of surprised they didn't go out and do and sign a guy like, you know, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's a free agent. I'm surprised they didn't go to a guy like Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a good in-between tackler. He's a guy that can catch that pass out of the backfield. And a guy like Kareem Hunt would have been a much better fit than Damien Harris. But again, I'm kind of surprised Buffalo didn't go out there and make that as an option. Not seeing, you know, again, I'll put it out there. But again, the biggest thing with Buffalo is the last few years, they have never put a lot of emphasis on the running game. And again, you think about it, Kansas City, how much did Kansas City put an emphasis on the running game? It's all on Patrick Mahomes. And then again, Patrick Mahomes has, has delivered a couple, a couple of Super Bowls to Kansas City. So take that for what that's worth. And again, this is a similar situation where right now, same thing. We're putting it all on Josh. 
we're gonna have a mediocre running game, but we're gonna put it on Josh to get the job done. And Josh, there are times Josh has delivered, and there are times that Josh well has fell short. But a lot of times Patrick Mahomes has come through more, way more so in the clutch than Josh Allen. But again, we'll you know we'll see. Again, there was rumors out there. I mean, of course, there's rumors that Dalvin Cook would get traded. I mean, what if Dalvin Cook? What if Buffalo could have got Dalvin Cook? Yeah, but again, a guy like Kareem Hunt, I think, would have been a better fit than Damian Harris. He would give him a little bit of everything, and I think, yeah, and I think, you know, having Kareem Hunt run the ball, catching pass out of the backfield, that would have made Josh Allen even more dangerous. And certainly with Hunt running the football, it would take him more pressure off of Josh Allen. And I'm saying Josh, Josh won't sit run the football, but I think his rushing numbers will be down this I think it will be down if he had got a Kareem Hunt. But I'm sure Damian Harris's job to come in and get those third and one or third and two, those short ones, and not have to rely so much on Josh Allen running of the football. And again, when you pay a guy, a quarterback, all that money, you don't want him to do a lot of unnecessary stuff. Now, Josh is good at running the football, but again, the thing Josh is, Josh puts too pressure, much pressure on himself, and he makes his share of mistakes. He thrown the football a lot last year. He got picked off more than he did, let's say, the year before. So Josh made a lot more mistakes last year than he did the year before. You can talk about Brian Drable to Ken Dorsey all you want. Yeah, all you want. But Dorsey knew that Dorsey pretty much ran a similar system that Brian Drable did for Josh Allen. But again, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see in the time that Damian Harris is a legitimate, is the, is the answer running back. To me, I think Damian is a good piece, but he's not the definite answer. And again, again, I think the bottom line is Damian Harris has come in to do one thing. Is to, is to be that guy that you can hand the ball off to and get that tough one or two yards and not have Josh Allen do that. And I think deep down inside, that's going to be Damien's forte. Can he deliver on that? Damien has the potential of delivering on that. But he's got to, he's got to do that more so than not. Because again, you're paying, you're paying Josh Allen all this money. The bottom line is you want him, you want to take as much pressure off of Josh Allen as you can. Like I said, Josh made his mistakes last year. But let's be honest with you, Buffalo wouldn't be nowhere without without Josh Allen. That's a simple fact. Simple truth, simple fact. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. But we'll see if the running game is better with Damian Harris or not this coming season. Again, as I stated, I'm not saying they could not add another running back. They could really draft another running back. But we'll see. We'll see if Damian Harris is the answer. Now, the next thing we'll talk about is, of course, the recent trade by the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. And, of course, the Jets went out and signed another receiver. Now, have you already heard the uh, New York Jets traded Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns for a second-round pick, I believe, in this year's in this year's, in this this year's year's draft? Now, Cleveland, now, Cleveland has been searching for a number, like a number two receiver. Now, obviously, they got the number one receiver in Amari Cooper. The word on the street is that that the Browns want to throw the football more with Deshaun Watson. Now, we've come out. I've come out on, on this uh, show already, and I've already said that. Um, yeah, that 
to me, I think it'd be a huge mistake if he went more passing of the football than running the football. You have a good, solid running back. Yeah, in yeah, in Nick Chubb. He's been one of the best running backs in the league for the last few years. There is no Kareem Hunt to take away his carries this year. Um, certainly, I think more would be. But again, more we put on Chubb shows for running of the football more. And Nick Chubb can certainly do that. But again, I get Cleveland. You want to have it a balanced attack. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to put it all on Nick Chubb. And then you want to put it all on Deshaun Watson. So you have to kind of balance it out. Now, Elijah Moore is a nice piece to the puzzle for the, for the, for the Cleveland Browns. Now, again, you have Cooper. Now, Peoples, Peoples, has, Peoples has had his moments. Peoples has had some moments with Cleveland. He has shown some. He's shown where he could be a decent receiver in this league. You you add Elijah Moore to this team. Now, not saying, for example, Peoples could still be number two, and you could put Elijah as your number three, and he could be that slot guy, and he could be a very explosive weapon for one, you know, Deshaun Watson. And you still have David, you still have David Nokju as your as your tight as as your tight end. So again, Clayton's got some Decent pieces to the puzzle there. And again, they drafted what David Bell from Purdue so last year. So that there are some pieces to the puzzle that Cleveland's putting together. And I do I do like to trade. I do like to trade for the Cleveland Browns because it gives them a, an extra receiver. A nice little a nice little extra, you know, piece piece to the puzzle. So again, I applaud Cleveland Cleveland for doing so. And then I've stated, you know, if Cleveland gets the defense if any of the defense, if Jim Schwartz can get that defense squared away, yeah, if they can get it squared away, I think Cleveland could be a surprise team in AFC North. Now, I don't think it would completely shock me if you know if if they gave the Bengals, the Ravens, or the Steelers a run for the money. Absolutely not. I would not be surprised at all. If, of course, a lot depends on Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson can reach back and be the quarterback he was back when he was with the Houston Texans. Then we've got something going here. Still have a defense offense line. Like I said, you've got Chubb. You got some receivers in place. You got a decent tight end. So the offense to me is not the really issue. Defensively, is Cleveland's issue. Overall, I do like the move. I think it's a solid move. It adds another weapon for Deshaun Watson to, to play with. From the Jets' perspective, is this? Now they traded. They traded. They traded Elijah Moore, but in his place they put in. You know, Hardeman from the uh, Kansas from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's not gonna take he's gonna take um Elijah Moore's spot. Now again, I get the I get the Jets perspective. The Jets added a, another number two another number two pick. And some people feel that, that very well could be the case that might get them Aaron Rodgers. They may be getting two number twos, maybe they trade both of them to get Aaron Rodgers. Somebody said it might be the bigger piece of the puzzle for you know for the for the Jets. Now, again, losing losing Elijah. Now, the reason I think they trade Elijah more is simply because they've got Alan Lazard. Lazard is pretty much in a similar mold, similar mold that Elijah Moore is. And you pay one guy four years, forty-four million dollars base. Yeah. So to me, Lazard is pretty much like Elijah Moore. And maybe they feel they couldn't have two of those type of guys on the same team. Lazard won out because they paid him the money. And again, they bring in Hardeman. Hardeman is a deep threat. In a nutshell, he's a deep threat. 
Now Hardman has come out and said that he feels that he could he can run any you know any route that you need him to run. But let's be honest with you. But let's be honest with you. Hardman has not has not produced has not produced as a receiver for the uh, yeah for the Kansas City Chiefs as much as they would like him to. Now there's no denying his talent as far as returning of the football because believe the note and believe me the Jets certainly can use him in that role to be a return player and I think he would excel in that role for the Jets. Make no mistake about that. But again, to me, Hardman has not shown enough where he can be a top-notch, a quality receiver in this league. He hasn't shown me that. If you look at overall, Cleveland got the better in this because Elijah Moore, to me, is a better receiver than Hardman. Hardman is faster than Elijah Moore. Okay, we can make that statement. But I think Moore is a better receiver overall than Hardman. So to me, it's kind of a step back for the Jets. Now, again, you've got Hardman. they still got Corey Davis. And you got Denzel Mims, who was drafted a few years ago out of the University of Baylor. So those two are still on the roster. But you're kind of figuring both of them will be cut or maybe one of them will get traded or, you know, whatever the case might be. But I think both of them will probably get cut. And I'm not saying they could still add another receiver, maybe draft a receiver late, a late and add him to this team. But, of course, all this is for Aaron Rodgers' benefit. Now, now, Garrett Wilson proved that he could be the number one weapon for whomever the quarterback is. It doesn't matter if it, if it was Zach Wilson. It doesn't matter if it was Joe Flacco last year or Mike White. Garrett Wilson did a fairly good enough job with any, with any of those three quarterbacks. And to me, I have a respect for any receiver that can, any receiver that can certainly put up, put up with about umpteen billion different quarterback changes in one season. And still produce. And Garrett Wilson did that, and he proves to me that he could be a number one receiver in this league. You can only imagine if you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers to your team, and maybe Aaron and Garrett Wilson get on the same page and get off to a good start, because Garrett Wilson can certainly have another thousand-yard receiver. He can maybe put up maybe even a little bit better numbers under a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Now Lazard, certainly if Aaron comes there, Lazard and Aaron know each other very well, so. There'd be no problem, no issues with those guys whatsoever. Lazar would certainly get his share of catches. The biggest thing I think would be Hardeman. Now, again, Aaron had a thing with was Marquez Valdez Scanlon. Yeah, to me, Hardeman and Val Scanlon are kind of one and the same as far as the deep threat goes. Now, there were points in time where Aaron and Scanlon could be on the same page, but there was a lot of times where they wasn't on the same page. And to me, Hardeman and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if I see them on the same page. I really don't see it. They've got a, they've got a couple of veteran tight ends. Um, again, now again, the young running game again. He's got Michael Carter. Um, now I don't know if Reesaw will be healthy. You know when Week One rolls around, that's an issue that's got to be you know taken care of. But again, I don't you know again, that's a situation that you know. I don't, you know, you don't don't know about. You don't know how that how that's going to really, you know, turn out turn out overall. But again, yes, Carter's there, Tana Johnson. Um, they could look at maybe they look at a, a bringing a veteran running back. Um, maybe they draft an extra running back. You you never know. It's a decent draft for running backs this year. But again, the bottom line is Elijah Moore got traded because again, him and Lazard are pretty much one of the same player. You bring in Hardman, who's a deep threat, and this is all because of one Aaron Rodgers. And that's and that's what the bottom line is this deal is all about. 
what it's going to take to get Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron's already come out public to say, hey, I want to play for the Jets. Do what you got to do to get me to New York. And, you know, Green Bay and the Jets have tried to work out some kind of deal. And again, again, we've talked about this, I think, last episode, episode before that, to the point where, yeah, whether it's hard to come up with some kind of compensation for, for, for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't blame Cleveland because, excuse me, I don't blame Cleveland. It's like, I don't blame the Jets. Or I don't blame Green Bay whatsoever because, to be honest with you, again, we're talking about a four-time MVP, a guy that has won a Super Bowl, a guy that's done for well over 400 touchdowns, and is a future Hall of Famer. Now, granted, you can talk about his his uh, mindset or, you know, his mindset or his retreat or anything else. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers has proved to be a pretty good football player in his career. Now, Again, like I said before, if you look at the basis of the deal, I think I think Cleveland got a good receiver in Elijah Moore. But I think, you know, again, I think Cleveland upgraded the receiving core. In my personal opinion, the Jets might have yeah, went down. Um, to me, I know there was one point in time they talked about getting maybe a guy like Odell Beckham there. I don't think Odell would have been a good fit because I think Odell wanted to, would want to be the number one receiver. And you've got a guy, Garrett Wilson, a young receiver that should be given every opportunity under the sun to be the number one receiver for, for the next several years, you know, for the for the New York Jets. He should be given that opportunity. And, you know, you bring in Lazard to be the number two guy, to be the guy to, you know, try to catch seventy five to eighty passes, you know, eighty passes for you. To catch those different I get Hardman is brought in to pretty much stretch the field out. I get that and you understand that. But again, for me, if that's going to be the case, you need to add one more receiver. Yeah. Now, again, you can put Lazard in the slot and make him a number three, but do you go ahead and try to find a possible number two? I don't think Beckham would be the answer to that. Um, again, a lot of receivers I thought that could have filled that bill were gone. I mean, I thought maybe, yeah, to be honest with you, Adam Thielen could have fit that bill, but of course, Thielen's a Panther. Now, one guy that just got signed uh, yesterday, DJ Chalk from Detroit. To me, I think Detroit, I think DJ would have been a better fit than Hardman would have been. Because Hardman, can, again, he can stretch the field. And I think Hardman's a little bit better receiver than Hardman. Hardman. I think DJ would have been a better fit and been a better addition than Hardman would have been. But DJ, he's now gone to the Carolina Panthers. Again, I think that would have been a better option than Hardman. But again, I'm not saying Hardman. Hardman would be a nice little pickup, you know, for the receiving game. And I think I'm not, I would be surprised if Harden ends up playing a lot of plays in that role. And he should be given, he should be given that chance by the Jets. And I get it, the Jets, the defense improved a lot last year. Again, the offensive line, if it's healthy, it's okay. But can you get Brees Hall back? Yeah, and again, you've got the number one receiver. You brought in Lazard. You've got Harden to stretch your field out. Now, can you get the quarterback. Can you get Aaron Rodgers? That's the biggest thing, the biggest thing for the Jets right now. Now, to me, does, you know, if you bring in Aaron, could Aaron get you to the playoffs? I'm not saying Aaron can't get you to the playoffs, but can Aaron win you a playoff game? And again, we said you're in a, you're in a tougher conference. Heck, I think you're in a tougher division. You bring in Aaron Rodgers, you got to play, you got to play Josh Allen twice a year. You got to play Tua twice a year. You got to take on Bill Belichick twice a year. 
And for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers ran a muck in the NFC North yeah, for, for many, many years, of course, up until last year. But he ran to, the, he ran to that he ran to that conference, NFC North. But again, Aaron's not going to do that in the AFC East. Far from it. He'll be lucky. Now, maybe he gets lucky and he splits a game with the Bills. Maybe he gets lucky. He splits a game with maybe Belichick if he's lucky. I mean, maybe he can win. Maybe he can get lucky and split, you know, with Buffalo and Miami and New England. Maybe he gets lucky and splits and splits among his division. But again, again, there's a lot of competition in, in the in the AFC in the AFC itself, and that's one thing I don't know if the Jets have enough firepower or enough to get themselves into the back door of the playoffs. That would be a concern. You could add Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yes, he is an upgrade for Zach Wilson, but you gotta be honest with you. Can Aaron get you to the next level? And again, I'm not sure he can get you to the next level. Can he get you can he get you to win the, to the division title? I don't think he can do that. Now, if they luckily get in a wild card spot, can he win you a playoff game or two? I'm not sure they can do that. He's had a difficult time with Green Bay. And Green Bay had more talent than the Jets at one at one point in time. But again, if you go look at the deal, yes, I like Elijah to Cleveland because Elijah is an upgrade at receiving core. And to me, Hardiman, but again, Hardiman probably would have been better off if he had re-signed with Kansas City. And again, Kansas City's got some issues they got to deal with. Andy Reid's come out and already says he expects a lot more from Sky Moore, a top draft pick for the Chiefs in last year's draft. They expect a lot more from him this year. But again, to me, I think it's a step back for the Jets. I mean, I get it a lot. I get it because Elijah and Alan Lazard are kind of like one and the same receiver. They want two of those type of guys on the same team, but they want that deep threat and Hardman gives you that deep threat. But again, Elijah's a better overall receiver than Hardman. And for the Jets, I think he took a step back, not so much a step forward. Now let's talk about... Um, a recent pro uh, pro day thing. Let's talk about Ohio State's pro day, and in particular one one player, and that is C C J Stroud. Now, Frank Reich, yeah, Frank Reich, and the owner, the general manager, they're all there at the at the pro day, and ever since Carolina got the number one overall pick in the draft, it has gone back and forth. Is it C J? Is it going to be Bryce Young? Well, maybe the Panthers have finally tipped their cap, their tipped their cap a little bit, tipped their head. And to me, I got a feeling that it's going to be C.J. Stroud now. Now, a lot of experts feel that C.J. is more, maybe the more most pro-ready quarterback of of any of any of them. Now, C.J. I mean C.J. I did see a couple of the clubs. C.J. did look did look pretty good in the clubs, and C.J. had some had a pretty good couple had pretty, pretty good receivers he he threw the ball to. And again, one of the receivers was on display. Um, you had a couple of offensive linemen who were on display that did fairly fairly well for themselves. And they, the offensive linemen that are on display will more likely get drafted. One of them may, uh, was it Johnson. He may very well go in the first round to somebody, to, some, to somebody, maybe the top fifteen at best. But to me, it feels like the uh, it feels like the uh, Panthers are looking at CJ because they want somebody that's maybe more pro ready. Now, CJ's not only be the greatest scramble in the world, but CJ can scramble and get out and get you a few rushing yards. So it's not CJ is a total pocket passer. 
he can run if he needs to run. Now, I've said this when they went out and they signed Andy Dalton. To me, Andy, I think, is going to be the starting quarterback. And I think, let's just say for the sake of argument, let's go ahead and put it out there right now, that CJ is going to be the is going to, is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And I think CJ is going to back up Andy Dalton. I just don't see Frank Reich putting CJ if you know if I just don't see him putting CJ out there right out there right away. You got a guy Andy Dalton who did start a lot of the New Orleans Saints games last year, and yes, Andy had his moments, but there were games where Andy looked pretty good. Now again, the Panthers the Panthers have come in and they've done a few things. They I mean they've gone out and they've got Miles Sanders. You know, Miles, who, who had a career year last year, they got Miles because they wanted to run the football a little bit more, take the pressure off of C.J. Stroud. They went out and have got Adam Thielen, who can catch a lot of passes to take the pressure off of, yeah, off of, of a young rookie quarterback. You went out, you got Hayden Hurst, again, a good blocker, but again, a guy who can't catch, catch passes. Again, that's all to help a young rookie quarterback. Again, they did sign DJ today, DJ Chalk, uh, yesterday. Now, DJ is a type of guy that can stretch the football field. And again, CJ Stroud does have a pretty decent arm. Again, all these moves are pretty much to help a young rookie quarterback. Now, we're just saying for the sake of argument, Frank is, and Frank does a pretty decent job working with quarterbacks. Now, he's worked a lot of veteran quarterbacks the last several years. But you got him at one point in time. He did work with Carson Wentz, and he made Carson Wentz almost look like an MVP-like candidate at one point in time. He did that. But again, everybody's thinking that CJ's going to jump in. He's going to start right for the Carolina Panthers. But again, Andy Dalton more likely going to start, and I think Frank is going to bring is going to bring CJ along slowly but surely. Now, certainly, certainly, I think certainly CJ is going to is going to probably play some preseason games. Absolutely, I believe he will. I think he'll play more than Andy Dalton will. Again, you've got yeah. Again, you got remember you've also got Matt Coriel, a guy that you drafted last year from Mississippi, and I'm sure if he's healthy, him and CJ will get a lot more work than Andy Dalton is. And again, but again, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what CJ can do with guys like DJ Chalk. I'm interested to see what he can do with a guy like Adam Thielen. Hayden Hurst. I'm interested to see what a guy like CJ can do with these guys. Now, to be honest with you, he's not back at Ohio State, and Ohio State can churn out some dog some doggone receivers. They churned out Chris Olive, they churned out Garrett Wilson, and CJ Stroud has thrown has thrown to those guys. You, there's a guy last year, Marvin Harrison Jr. Now he's not going to be in this year's draft, but mark my word, Marvin will probably be a top will be a top pick, possibly in next year's draft if he comes out. Now. He'll probably be a top receiver in next year's draft. So CJ knows what it feels like to throw to quality receivers. That he does, yeah, that he does know know how to do. But again, and you can talk about, you know, something Bryce Young. Something Bryce Young, he's a winner. He's had a national championship under his belt. He's a winner. Again, people can talk about his, you know, his size, all they want. But again, Bryce has been a winner. Again, the one thing is that Young can say that C.J. Stroud can. Championship, no championship for C.J. Stroud. Now, 
Granted, this is CJ, CJ Stroud uh, left a pretty good resume on that field when he, when he pretty much led up the University of Georgia. The only problem is it wasn't CJ Stroud that they lost. It was Ohio State's defense that blew the game for him. Because if they played any defense, Ohio State, to me, may well have been the match, would have been the national champions and not the University of Georgia. Now, again, I'm a Buckeye fan, but let me be honest with you. If they had a defense, I think Ohio State would have won a national championship, not the University of Georgia. Now, I'm sure people can put a spin on that if you want to put a spin on it, but that's it. That's kind of, that's kind of, that's, to me, that's my opinion on that. But, again, it appears that CJ Maber will be the, Maber will be the point because he's the, the guy they feel is the most ready at this stage. Now, Bryce, from what I've seen, did have, did have a pretty decent pro day. They didn't do all the drills, but they had a decent enough pro day. And Bryce is probably the number two overall pick to Houston Texans. And again, the Texans have done the same thing. A couple of got a couple of running backs, veteran receivers. I mean, they're doing the same thing the Panthers are trying to do. They're trying to make the young quarterback comfortable. Now, you could put a spin on it. You think third best. Some people think Will Levis, and I got to see him. I got to see pieces of him, and, and Will has a strong arm. He may have the strongest arm of any quarterback in this year's draft. And for what I've seen of Will, he kind of went out there, did what he had to do, and some people think that the Colts might be the fit. Some people that maybe Richardson might be the fit. And, of course, there's one guy, Hooker, from the University of Tennessee, nobody talks about. Of course, I think he, uh, he had an injury. He had an injury late in the year, and again, Hopefully he'll be ready. You know he'll be ready to go by. You know a lot of people feel that maybe he could be a drafted by the Minnesota Vikings since since Kirk Cousins is probably going to be his last year in Minnesota. Some people that Hooker would be a a great position to get drafted by Minnesota, and he'd be a starting quarterback next year. But again, again, from what from what you, from what I can tell, from what I can see, it it, it, it appears the Panthers have already made their decision. Maybe they haven't come out and publicly say it, but I think CJ will be the first overall pick. And again, CJ will have some CJ will have a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I guess not from the organization's well, yeah, certainly from an organization standpoint. But you gotta look at the past. Look at the Ohio State quarterbacks in the past. The Ohio State quarterbacks in the past have not flourished too well in the pros. You can go all the way back to what? Guys remember Art Schleister, right? Schleister was a top draft pick back in the seventies. For the um, their seventies or maybe early eighties, yeah. And again, he went to the Colts. He was a huge, huge bust. Guy of the leg. Of course, he had gambling issues. Went to jail because of it. Yeah. Um, everybody remembers was it Mike Mike Tomzak? Everybody remembers Mike Tomzak. Mike Tomzak stayed a lot. He was a backup for many years in the league. What was it, Brian Hoying? I think he played for the Bears at one point in time. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a lot of the court, Ohio State quarterbacks in the league that have not lived up to the actual billing. They really, you know, they really haven't. I mean, what about Tom Tupa? Tom Tupa was a quarterback slash punter, but he made his career as a punter, not as a quarterback, right? Now, again, you can talk about maybe receivers in Ohio State if you want to, because we've had quite a few receivers that have gone, gone on to be have decent careers in the pros. But again, that is on C.J. Stroud's shoulders. Ohio State quarterbacks in the past have not panned out too well. 
hopefully CJ can, you know, hopefully he can uh, right the ship on this one and make, you know, make the, the Ohio State proud. But the bottom line is, a lot of people think that CJ is the most pro-ready quarterback. Will's got the arm. Richardson has got, is, uh, is raw, but there's talent there. Hooker, a lot of people think Hooker could really be a, a pro-ready quarterback. Maybe he could be the pro be the most pro-ready quarterback. And again, Bryce Young's a winner. But some people think Bryce Young may be the guy. But for the Panthers, it appears that C.J. Stroud may well be the first pick in this year's in this year's draft. And the bottom line is, people feel like I said, the bottom line feel that C.J. is more pro-ready than any of the other quarterbacks. But for the, but for the Panthers, you got Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, in my opinion, is going to be a starting quarterback unless C.J. really blows him out the water and Andy, yeah, Andy stings up the joint and they got to start C.J. But I think Andy starts C.J. They'll be, C.J. will be brought along slowly but surely, but eventually he'll be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers at one point in time. Now, for the very last um, subject, a... Um, Bit of a sad news. Sad news was brought up. Um, I guess you guys have already heard the uh, former Las Vegas Raiders tight end Foster. I don't go botch this guy's last name. I apologize. It, I guess it's. I, I don't want. It's not Monroe, but it's like more yay Moyer. I probably. I probably. I apologize to the gentleman. I probably bush his last name. I've never been great on. Sometimes I'm not great on names, but but. Case being, um, he was a free agent and he went to he went to talk to the uh, New Orleans Saints and he had talked to the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, New Orleans Saints, he went to New Orleans Saints. He has a physical and he found out he has a he has a uh, type of cancer. It's Hodgkin's lymphoma, and and again the young man has to had to take a, a he's going to take a year off to. You know, to recover from this and you know recover from this and get the treatment do what needs to be done now now I believe was it John Mitchie we talked about him last year from um, yeah from the Houston Texans I believe he had something similar to what to what that he had and he came back like a year later so again this is a, a trying again certainly a trying time trying time for this young man he is 25 years old Went to went to LSU, maybe a possible homecoming if you know if maybe a homecoming maybe he would have signed with you know with New Orleans and of course the quarterback of that team was Derek Carr a former teammate and I'm sure Derek probably put in a good word for him that hey he's a good asset let's bring him in let's try to sign the guy you know I'm sure Derek could have probably put in the work with, with him and Dennis Allen but of course luckily the the New York Saints doctors caught this, you know, and you know, and had caught this, and now the young man can get the proper treatment that he needs to to beat this, to beat this, and certainly, you know, certainly, certainly, cancer alone, you know, cancer, cancer is one of those, cancer is one of those diseases where it it, it has it has no preference. It doesn't care how old you are. It doesn't care your race, religion, you know. Cancer doesn't care. It doesn't care if you're five years old, if you're 95 years old, 
or you're 25 years old. It doesn't care if you're a regular, a regular Joe like me and you. They don't care if you're an athlete. Cancer doesn't care about anybody, anything. It can hit anybody, any anything or anyone. Now, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, unfortunately, I unfortunately, and I've and I've said this on my in the podcast before in the past. Unfortunately for me, I had that scare. Now it's nothing, nothing quite as bad as nothing quite as bad as, as Foster is, but I had one years ago. Um, they were they were thought that I had some tests done. Certain levels were they thought that I had prostate cancer, and again, cancer, it, it, the can the word cancer alone would scare anybody to death. Scares anybody to death, and again, I had tests and I had I had I had biopsies done. I had MRIs done, and again, luckily for me, everything came back negative, and I was cleared of this. But again, there's a lot there's a lot of thoughts that run through your head when the word C word is mentioned, and it's it's a, it's a scary it's a scary it's a scary thought, and and that's the thing you know, and that's and again, I'm sure Foster's got a lot of emotions going through himself right now. You know, more tests are getting done. I'm sure. Um, and I'm sure Foster will, will tackle, will go headlong in this. And with this, you know, family and friends, they'll be by his side. His former quarterback, Derek Carr, has already tweeted out that he wishes him, that he certainly is praying for him and wishes him, you know, wishes him the, certainly the best of luck and whatever he can do for him, you know, reach out to him. And again, that's what a lot of people like about Derek Carr. Derek Carr is that class act. And again, for Foster, I certainly, I certainly, Wish him the best of luck, and I hope he comes back to play football. I hope he beats it, because again, like I said before, the word cancer alone, and I've said it. Yeah, cancer is um. Cancer has you know, cancer doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care if you're a man, woman, or child. It doesn't care about your age. It doesn't care about your you know. It doesn't. <laughs> cancer doesn't discriminate. It, it, it gets it, it gets any of us. He didn't get any of us, and trust me, I had that scare. And you know, luckily for me, I did not have it, and I have to. And um, but again, if I if I had of, I'd have to go through, I'd have to go through treatments and radiation, radiation treatments and stuff like that. If that had been the case, but again, I was willing to go headlong into it, and I was willing to like give it the. Uh, the double bird and say, okay, if I got it, screw you. I'm going to show you what I'm capable of doing. And, and I'm sure Foster has that mentality. He's, he's got the mentality where, okay, I've got this. Let me go, let me go out and let me go, you know, I want to do what the doctors want me to do and I'm going to beat this and I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better than ever. And for Foster, certainly I wish Foster all the best in the world and his recovery and certainly, um, Certainly, thoughts and prayers with with the young man, and I hope and I hope he does. Be, I hope he does beat it. Um, you know, Foster seems like he's a pretty good, pretty cool dude, good guy. I hope you know. I hope, I hope he does. And for anybody out there that um that has to go through any type of cancer, whatsoever, whatever type of cancer it is, yeah, keep you know keep fighting, keep fighting the good fight. And I certainly hope that whoever is you know you know this is a podcast, and you if you even if you got cancer. Or a family member, or a personal friend of yours has got it. I wish them the best of luck. Be by their side, and tell them the 
that they could that they could beat it. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe I've come to the end of, the end of this episode. That is all I have for you at this time. Please, I've always said it. Please take care of yourselves, and I will see you again very soon.